LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders. I'm your guest co-host Chandler Vinoy. Ron, we're back again. We are. Thanks. <laughs> and I appreciate this, Chandler. And uh, if you've followed the last couple, uh, Chandler's graciously filling in for uh, my son, Nate, who is just in a really uh, hard season of leadership right now. And so uh, yeah, if you're if you're a praying person, say a prayer for him. We hope he's back real soon. He's doing great. He's just overwhelmed with uh, responsibilities right now. But uh, so thanks for for uh, doing this, and and um, and you're actually doing better than he did. And so <laughs> you're right. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Nate. If you're listening, you're going to want to shoot me a text and tell me uh, you're hopping back on. Yeah. So, well, today we're going to discuss unspoken, unseen leadership traits that make leaders great, and I'm really excited about this one because. We actually have a whole podcast on the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network called Unseen Leadership, and you've been a guest. So if you're listening, go check out Ron's episode on the Unseen Leadership Podcast. But what are we talking about here? Unspoken, unseen leadership traits, what are they? Well, these are the parts of leadership that won't fit on a job description. You know, you're not going to – there's no way to describe these necessarily uh, in – uh, I, I like to call them the backside of leadership. Um, I, I'll give you a, a scenario. Years ago, I had a leader I could never predict. I didn't know. One day he was in a good mood. One day he wasn't. It was just frustrating. I could never read his uh, his mind or know what he was expecting of me. Um, but I had another leader uh, who was consistent. Um, and when, when I did something well, she celebrated with me. When I made a mistake, she offered wise counsel. And and I it it allowed me to put my trust in her, you know. So uh, it was it. Uh, and so, which style leader would you would you want to be a part of, you know? Um, and obviously, I wanted to follow the, the the second leader. The the backside of good leadership is are the things you do that people want to follow you. Mm. They want to be on your team. Um, they, they're for the organization, they're for you, they're not for personal gain, uh, they're, they're not trying to get all the credit. Um, uh, you can trust these leaders. That's the unseen, unknown kind of things. You just can't put those on a, on a, in a job description. Yeah. But when they are there, you've got a great leader. Well, there's seven characteristics that we're going to walk through of the backside of great leadership. So let's get started. What's the first one? Great leaders protect you. If you're on their team, when uh, you know, and and of course we talk mostly in the church context because most of our listeners are probably pastors or in ministry roles of some sort. Not necessarily. I, it, I I'm going to sidestep there, Chandler, and I've been amazed by how many business leaders have reached out and said mm. they enjoyed the podcast. So I appreciate that. But let's put it in a church context because it, it makes sense. If you're the youth pastor and you do a, a weekend and, you know, it didn't go quite right. And then so the parents call, you know, I'm not talking about anything immoral or anything like that, but you d- it just doesn't go quite right. And so everybody calls that pastor is not going to rat you out. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to protect you. They're going to they're going to support you and say, well, maybe we can learn from this. But I'm going to tell you, Chandler's a good guy, you yeah. know. I believe in Chandler. Uh, they they protect you, and I think that's so important. 
there's, there's, as you say that one, I mean, there's just a few leaders that pop into my head and you're right. I mean, the fact that, you know, I've made a mistake, you know, mm-hmm. let's just go here at Lifeway. I won't say the exact mistake, <laughs> but it's happened. And my leader has stepped in and I've seen them take, you know, take the fall for me. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about wanting to follow somebody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, you got my back. I'll yeah. follow you because you protect me. Now, that's that's easy to see on this side of it, but right. you know when you're actually sitting in the seat and it's time to protect someone, yeah. there is the feeling of oh man, this could make me look bad right. because of what they've done. Right. But at the same time, you're, you so there's, there's this tension sure. of it's making me look bad yeah. versus this is going to also give me credibility for them right. to follow. There's this right. tension. Yeah. So how do you manage that tension? And probably one of those is wrong, right. while the right. other ones right a worthy. Cause. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna. Try to default to protect my team. You know, if 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 we made a decision to bring this person on, they're they're here. I'm going to try to default towards protecting them. Now, it's the other side. If I'm constantly having to protect you, you know, like Chandler, every week you're making the same mistake. We've talked about this over and over again. Then I'm probably going to have to step in at that point and say, you know, I'm not going to be able to protect you on this one again. You're going to have to stand on your own. And that may actually be good for you to have to take the heat a little bit of, of making that. Um, the other would be on a team, um, you know, I want to treat everyone fairly. So I'm not going to protect you and not uh, to the, continue to protect you. And you're making all the mistakes. And then these people over here that are not making mistakes feel like, okay, well, that Chandler – is just special right. treatment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there is that tension, but I'm going to try to default to protecting as much as they can. And I'm probably going to tell them that too, if they're continuing, look, my job here and I want to protect you, help me want to continue to protect you, yep. you know, and put some of it back on them. Yep. All right. That's number one. What's number two? Great leaders won't back you into a corner. They, they, uh, great leaders don't hold you accountable for unreasonable expectations, especially when you, you didn't even know what the expectations were. Uh, they make sure you have the resources you need. Um, they won't put you on the spot. I, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I think is damaging is to walk into a meeting and say, Chandler, what do you think about this? And you had no idea that question was even coming, you know, um, and again, we're we're trying to be great leaders that people want to follow, and that's hard to follow, right? You you put me on the spot now. If I know you well enough, and we and I know, okay, he's he's really good in this area. Then I'm, I'm that doesn't mean I'm not going to call on you and ask your opinion on it, but I'm not going to ask you to solve it in the room when I haven't even given you a heads up that I want you to be thinking about this. So, uh, great leaders don't back you into a corner. You know, one of the things you said there is. They don't hold you accountable for unreasonable expectations, especially when you didn't know what those expectations were. Yeah. What is the value of setting expectations and how do you do that well? Yeah. Well, people want to know that they're doing a good job, right? And so, um, you know, you got to give people a benchmark to know what does a win look like and what is um, what does success look like in my life? Because again, we we all want to be to do good, most of us want to do good work, right? Yeah. So what is that in my leader's mind? What does good work look like? And setting those expectations. And for me to set those expectations, I like for you to create those if I'm your leader. So tell me in your mind, okay, here's the big vision we're trying to accomplish. We've uh, we've established that. This is what our 
you know, in the church, we're making disciples or whatever. And your role in there, if, if you're the the uh, college pastor, is to do that in college ministry. Okay, what are some expectations you're placing for yourself this year that you're going to help the college ministry make better leaders? Mm. I mean, make better disciples, uh, more disciples. So um, I want you to help create those and set them for yourselves, yourself that way. You own them. You're more likely to be able to get them done and that sort of thing. And I think that's part of not backing you in a corner either of just giving you expectations or not giving them to you or giving them to you and you had no input into them. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? Great leaders forgive easily. Great leaders forgive easily. You know, you gain a lot of favor with people quickly um, when they make a mistake and you grant them forgiveness. Uh, One of my... uh, favorite leadership stories is is because of what happened with um, with a guy who used to be on our team and he tells it all the time. <laughs> uh, he was a young leader. He'd, he made this sizable mistake. He wanted to try something and, and it didn't work and it cost the church a fair amount of money that, you know, and he had come to me before and I, I don't try to talk him out of it. You know, I, 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 I told him some uh, I said, have you considered this? And are you sure you've got this? And and so I tried to I didn't feel really good about it. And he knew I didn't feel really good about it. Uh, but I trusted him and I wanted to give him an opportunity. So he explored it and it didn't work. Mm. And he tells the story all the time of coming into my office afterwards the next day. And I said, well, let's unpack what we learned about that. And 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 we walked through that and, you know. And it was great. And it, it he says it tell, taught him a lot about it, leadership, the way I responded to the mistake. So I think um, good leadership, great leadership forgives easily. And we've been called to that, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, that's the gospel. Yeah. So I think of many of the roles that I've been in. And there's certain ones that when, when failure happens, you know, there's a different culture around that. Mm. And I think the f- there's freedom to fail mm-hmm. is a good term, but there's also like, do we err too much on the side of like, well, you're free to fail as yeah. much as possible. It's like, oh, well, no, we want to succeed. Right. But there's what you said is, is the leader's response to failure mm-hmm. and the forgiveness. So, and you, and you talked about how it's a teachable moment. Is there a way to handle that in a poor way to forgive almost to the point where there's not a lesson learned? Mm. Yeah, I think if it would be uh, if you just simply said, "Oh, don't worry about it." Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a, a that would be a bad way to forgive easily. Yeah, you know, it's helping them learn from that, but making sure they know you're not holding that over their head. Mm. I just had to have a corrective conversation with somebody just just this week, and uh, and 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 part of it is going to be trust me because I'm new in this role and they're learning to trust me. So he'll have to see this played out over time but i told him look i don't do not hold grudges you won't hear me bring this up again we're going to be okay and we're going to move forward now again he'll have to see me respond that way if if i kept bringing it up or the next time he walked in here comes that loser you know i mean if it, it then then he would know that I wasn't that way. But but um, so I'm going to try to help them learn through it, but communicate to them. We're OK. That's helpful. So is number three. What about number four? Great leaders empower you. They release real authority and, and ability to make decisions. Um, 
and without a lot of direct oversight, uh, so incredibly important to know not only do I have this job to do and this task that you've assigned to me, but I have the freedom to determine how that's done. Um, you've already, um, you know, we've got the vision. We talked about all that. But my version, my my uh, portion of that, I get to carry that out and I get to determine determine how we get that done. Um, and I realize the risk in that, you <laughs> know, sure. I do, I, I get that. And that's part of leadership and that's part of the learning. That's part of the messiness and all those sort of things. But, uh, and it's part of trust and it's, I'm not saying the day one that that's handed off to them, but the more you give people, you invest trust in people, the more willing they are to, to have ownership and, 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 and do tasks well. Hmm. Something that we talk about, uh, you know, we do leadership pipeline coaching at Lifeway. And one of the things is, is we talk about exactly what you're talking about here, delegation, empowering others. Mm -hmm. And that actually is, we're called to that. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. You're not called to do all of the work of the ministry. And something that I struggle with and many of the pastors that we talk to struggle with is we love the term of excellence or we know how we're going to do it. And that's going to be a 10 out of 10. Right. If we're, you know, we use the term, uh, the, the analogy of, I mean, if you're running the soundboard, you know exactly how, where everything needs to be, you know how the volume needs to be. And then if you delegate that and empower others, Mm -hmm. you might be sitting in there and you hear something's just a little off. So instead of a 10 out of 10, it's a seven out of 10, but you've empowered someone to do that work. That's it. And for them to put their own flavor on it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you may think it's a 10 out of 10, but actually you're more of the 7 out of right, 10 right. and they're the 10 out of 10. Well, and, and that they're, uh, that's how they're going to get to the 10 out of 10 if they are the 7 mm-hmm. is by doing it and and then coaching them to yeah. do that, you know, <laughs> giving them an opportunity to, to, uh, to grow in that. Um, uh, and most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time somebody knows – Okay, I'm just a seven. You know, yep. I, I need I need a little work on this. Yeah. Uh, but it, the more empowering you give them, the more willing they are to work on that. Yeah, that's really helpful. What's uh, what's number five? Well, it goes along with uh, with the last one in some ways uh, that uh, with your seven and ten illustration because great leaders make their largest investment in people. Uh, they invest in the team in. Uh, they're, they're not building an empire for themselves. They're they're building a team. And let's take that seven out of ten example for just a minute. Yeah. So they may not be able to knock out the ten by by letting them do it at their seven, and they can grow to an eight, and then to a nine, and then to a ten. You've invested in people, and and people's and people investments are always going to be your best one as a leader. Mm. You know, I think of. Uh, I love sports. One of the things you think of is like the coaching tree of coaches mm. and you see this great coach who has all of these assistants everywhere mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful representation of leadership is that yeah. you've poured into them. And, That's right. and even for, for pastors, those on your staff, what if you could empower them mm-hmm. to be able to step into new leadership mm-hmm. positions and, and invest in them? So this may be a little bit off topic, but I'd love to go here. When you make investments in people, mm-hmm. That also means you could lose people to other yeah, roles that's exactly and jobs. Right. Yeah, that's so exactly right. From your experience, and I'm sure that this has happened many a times, where you invest heavily in someone, yeah. and then they kind of outgrow their role, right? 
and they go somewhere else. How yeah. do you handle that when you've invested so much yeah. and they, they kind of leave your ministry to go somewhere else? Well, it's it's hard. I mean, and I'm not pretending it isn't. Um, but you have to remind yourself we're in the people business. So people is our job. If you're in leadership, mm. especially church leadership, people, people are your business. And so um, one of the things that I say, I do a leadership talk on on um, on a similar vein, and and I, I encourage leaders to uh, make it your ambition to be a builder of other people's dreams. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, elevate your your the idea of your role. It's not just to complete these tasks and carry out this vision. It's to. It's to build the people that are on my team. And when you when you when you flip the switch kind of on your understanding of what your job really is, you're building people, not just the organization. Then when that person grows and outgrows the organization, you've actually won. Mm -hmm. So you've actually done what you were set out to do. So um, so change the positioning in your own mind that that's exactly what you're doing. If you help them succeed. I love what. um uh, you know, some of the churches, um, uh, J.D. Greer's church, I think about that sends so many people yep. out, you know, and uh, but they're, but think of the kingdom building there. You know, they're investing in people that they're going to lose. Yep. I mean, the, I think his book is titled Gaining by Losing. Yeah, that's it's right. The, it's the paradox yeah. of you gain by losing Ex- your best people. Exactly right. Yep. And that's you have to have a kingdom mindset. Oh, totally. To that, totally. Yeah. All right. What's number six? Great leaders never stab you in the back. Um, goes along with one of the ones earlier, but you can depend that uh, you're not going to feel threatened by a great leader. Um, they know, um, you know, they you can hold their confidence. You give them something, and and in confidence, they're not going to turn around and walk out. If <laughs> if anything gets me more frustrated in in uh, leadership, uh, and and I just went through this experience not too long ago where there was this rumor mill going around undercurrents all around the, you know about something something that we were doing and 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 it's almost a pet peeve for me i'm like i cannot believe this is allowed here you know um if i tell you something in confidence i ought to be able to believe that you're going to keep it in confidence and you ought to be able to believe that about me uh and um so i'm yeah you you trust you know they're not going to stab you in their back in the back. So let's. This is a good example. You said, "Hey, I can't believe this is happening here." You know that could be mm-hmm. elsewhere, right, wherever right. that's happening. You let's say you stepped into a culture where there is a lot of buzz. Things mm-hmm. are the rumor mill is is filling up quick. How do you how do you create a culture that hey we don't stab each other in the back here? This is a culture of where trust is high and we have high confidence in each other. You know, I I call it out. It, this that that's one that I'll um, set the expectation. You know, we talked about earlier. Hey, this is going to be an expectation, uh, one of trust. We can trust one another, and the fact that this um, uh, has here's what's happening, and just call it. So I'll just throw those on the table. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I'm here. How is, is this even happening? It's only happening because we don't have a a a, a culture where we can trust. The day I can trust you, you can trust me. We can't do that. So I just call those and set the expectations higher for that. All right. And then handle the individual ones when you know, when you, when you can track them down. Yeah. So handle handle it as a te- whole team. 
Yeah. But then there's also times that you need to single people That's out right. and be like, hey, yeah. we, need, we need to talk about this. That's right. All right. What's the last one? Number seven. Great leaders are responsive. They're responsive. Um, you know, you've served on on teams and you're you're sitting there wondering what are they thinking? What are they what's going on in their mind? Or we just need to know we need some answers. Um, you know, our, our teams many times wait for us to, um, uh, to 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 tell them what's what's happening, you know, to, to, to know what where we're going next. And it may be you don't know. Communicate that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but so one of the things that I like to do, if if someone on my team sends me an email or leaves me a voicemail, I out within 24 hours, I want to acknowledge that, you know, hopefully by the same day, I want to acknowledge it. I may not have an answer for them, but I want them to know that I I've, I've, I got this yep. and I will get you an answer mm-hmm. because I, how many times have you sent an email to a to a boss, a superior, and you just you're. You're just like, well, I wonder how they're going to respond to this, oh, yeah. you know? And then when you don't know, it creates anxiety. It creates frustration. It cre- you, you make up your own story when you don't know. You you create your own scenarios that may or may not be true. So I think the best leaders are, are, are aware of that and they're responsive to that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure you at least have the information I can give you at this point. Yeah, and I've seen this firsthand, Ron. I mean, I know I, we communicate – a good bit. And you're yeah. always, I'm always blown away by how responsive that you are. And it does, it, it does build trust and to know there's also a piece of it is I can trust you to get back to me in a timely manner. Sure. I mean, there's, there's other bosses I've worked for and it's like, oh my goodness, are you ever going to get back to me? Yeah. Like we're waiting on you for this. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, something hits your inbox or your, you get a message and it is a complex, mm. you know, situation. Right. But you want to be timely in your response. So there's there's two things I'm wrestling with sure. here is like, I want to make sure this answer is well thought out. Right. It's it's perfect. But then you're like, I also need to get back to them. Yeah. And oftentimes, if, if you're listening to this, that those are the emails that just keep going on yeah. your inbox, yeah, just keep right. going down. So how do you and how do you navigate that where you are timely? You said, you know, give them the information that they you can. Right. So let's say you get an email, super complex. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? What I will do is I'll acknowledge the email, uh, first of all. I'll say, look, I've got this. This is going to require a little bit of thought on my behalf. Um, let me get back with you, um, you know, tomorrow or I'll get back with you next week, depending on when the email came. Uh, and But then the discipline becomes to get back with them. But part of that may be also, uh, and, and this goes to another a- a principle or aspect of leadership that I believe is important, is – I may not have the answer because it is so complex. And so I may what I may say to them is let I'm not going to answer this here. This is a very complex. Let's get together. Mm. Let's get the right people in the room and let's work out a solution to this. But at least they know we're taking action. We're moving forward. We may not have. So the responsive part is not necessarily the answer because you may not have that. That may take months to decide. It may take lots of meetings to decide. It may take a lot of people to decide. The responsiveness is, okay, I hear you, and we're going to get you an answer. Yep. It It's it's not the blank, hey, I don't know what to do, so I'm not even going to answer that email, mm. you know, yep. um, or or snoozing it for, I'll get back to that next month, and they don't even know yeah. if you got the email, you know. Yep. So, um, so the response is, here's what I know today. 
keeping them in the loop and then, uh, you know, and then making sure you follow through to get them the answer they need. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say, and this is super helpful. It's not just that it's not the responsiveness of, Hey, getting back to them or not snoozing the email, but right. it's snoozing the decision. That's right. So that, that's a very helpful distinction there. Yeah. Cause it could be, which oftentimes it's like, this is not an email. We need right. to actually meet about Absolutely. this and come to a decision. And emails are horrible for that sometimes. So if it is complex, I, I had one uh, just this afternoon that I thought was a, a complex issue. Yep. And, um, and it involves several people and there's personalities involved in different things. And so he, uh, he sent me an email. How should I respond to this? I, I literally got up from my desk and walked down to his office. Well, he was gone. Yeah. Uh, but I want to be responsive. So I went back to my desk. I sent him an email. He's gone for the weekend. And I said, look, I realize you're gone. Uh, I, I, I came down to, to talk. I think this is one we ought to talk through. And what I did was – um, because he's he's also a checklist guy. So I know he's trying to check it off his list. I said, here's a very quick high-level thought of where I think we'll probably want to consider, mm. but let's talk about it Monday to make sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And not to harp on this point too much, but I, I really feel strongly about this, and I've just kind of even been processing this on my own, is, and just as you said, it's the unseen things. Right. And the responsiveness is, I feel like the leaders are the ones who, if it's an email, if it's a phone call, it's like, it's either they're going to pick up the phone, they're going to walk to the office. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to be like, we've got to figure this out. Yeah. And we're going to be decisive about this and we're not going to kick the can. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. Well, that's super helpful. And those things help you develop the the um, the posture of leadership that people want to follow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the whole point of all of these. Um, you know, one suggestion may be, uh, you know, uh, share this podcast with your team and say, do we do these kind of things? You know, is this the kind of team we're on? Where could we improve? And maybe just even have some of those conversations around around this topic. Yeah. Well, we hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you are, please help us out. You can download, share, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also let us know topics that you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast. And we will discuss them right here. Thanks, Chandler. See you next time. No matter how many people you have on staff at your church, there's only so much you can accomplish in a day, right? Your church exists to serve your community. So the mission of your church and its staff is to reach as many people as you can. That's why productivity is essential for churches, as most of your church's success lies in its ability to lean into and leverage resources for optimum performance. And thankfully, our friends at Belay know this well. Belay is an innovative staffing solution with over 10 years of experience serving churches, and they have successfully matched thousands of organizations with part-time virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media strategists. That's why they're offering our listeners a free download of their resource, Church Leaders, Essential Strategies to Unleash Productivity. Let Belay help your church live its mission in your community by helping you juggle less and accomplish more. Just go to Belay, that's B-E-L-A-Y, solutions.com slash Lifeway for your free download.